passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you hungover? Me? No. <laughs> you just sighed really heavy. Like you were. Uh, there's just a lot to set up. Yeah, that's yeah. All. No, I'm joking. Uh, I'm hungover from technology. <laughs> Alrighty. One, two, one, two, one, two. All right, we're good. I found out that the power of Hulkamania and the power of my Hulkamaniacs was stronger than ever right here at the Crown Jewel Jack. Is there something funny? Well, Chad, oh, is there? easy. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't get pissed. <laughs> I'm going to take your scrawny little arms, rip them off your body, and beat you over the head with them like your head is a snare drum. I'm going to take your skinny, puny, tiny little legs, and I'm going to snap them like twigs. For Roman's part, for what Roman did in the shield, he has the answer to the man upstairs. You know I hate talking about my feelings, but you always do this, okay? I love that you're a good person. I love that you love everybody. I love that you want to be friends with everybody. I love that little girls look up to you. I love that you're always there for me when I don't even ask you to be. And for some reason, you always can tell when something's wrong. So I just don't understand why you don't get it. I love you. I always have, and I always will. Bobby was mean to all of us. And for some reason, he loved to pick on me. So I grabbed the closest thing to me, my mama's broom. Urine! <laughs> you said you're in trouble. That's amazing. But she doesn't want to talk about it anymore. So that's the end of the story. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm done. Don't make me leave. I'm done with it. Hello and welcome to Post Wrestling's Worst of 2018 show. I'm John Pollock, joined by the panel that has reassembled one week removed from all of us looking at the positivity that 2008 brought us. Tonight, we regurgitate the garbage that polluted the last 365 days. Davey Portman. Hello, hello, hello. Brayden Harrington. Hello. And Waiting. Hi. 
<laughs> I was hoping we would get a spontaneous new catchphrase from Wei Ting <laughs> I like it. that he can open up every show with. Don't have one of those. Guys, we have reassembled. Uh, this is obviously a very different show than the last one we did, where we get to go through the worst that pro wrestling had to offer in 2018. Braden, was this an easier or tougher list to compile? Ooh, uh... Tougher because on the best of show, I stated that 2018 was my favorite year of wrestling. So there's so much good stuff. It was like fun to rewatch these matches. What I have learned, it is not fun to rewatch bad matches and bad things. Um, I feel like the listeners, though, maybe like this show more. Isn't that how it works? This they, is a very popular show. Yeah, yeah. This is the worst. We get to like shit on everything you hated so davy you seem to be as someone that is making your debut on our worst of show you seem to be someone that gravitates towards the best how was this navigating the worst this was hard i find like anything shitty i see i just throw away from my brain right like all the good stuff it's it's hard because it's like that was really good that was really good that was really good this i'm like i've forgotten everything that shit are you ready for the cleanse way the cleanse this is the colonic of wrestling podcasts. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm very much like Davey. I think it, it's tough, tough for me to, uh, recall things that were really bad, even though I've, I've watched so much of it. So I feel like I've, I'm already, cle- uh, I'm already cleansed and this is just kind of making myself dirty again. This is jumping back into the mud. <laughs> I left this one again until very late and then I sat down and it just all came back to me. Yes. It was like a waterfall of memories and I just, Everything came to mind. I had a great recall of the worst, so this was not a tough list at all to put together. Uh, Much like the Best of Show, we are going to have the listener picks, so we will be going and referencing those in all of the categories, some old favorites and some new categories, much like the Best of Show that we are introducing. So let's dive right into it, and we're starting off with a always uh, interesting topic, and that is Worst Promotional Tactic. Something that uh, there were no shortage of in 2018. We are going to kick things off with the debuting Davey Portman. What was the worst promotional tactic that you saw in 2018? Saudi Arabia as a whole. Just um, Should we keep track of how many times? Yeah. The word Saudi. Take a shot every time you hear some of us say and I, I, Saudi. I'm sorry to any Saudi Arabians listening and enjoying, but like all of this stuff sucked this year. Um, from the first, uh, like the greatest Royal Rumble, um, all those videos showing like how great Saudi is now. And how did your opinion change? Because I know you talked about the greatest Royal Rumble was not as big of an issue for you as compared to Crown Jewel. Like, I think wrestling fans could divorce themselves from the controversies of the first show. By the second one, there was no separating yeah. Yeah. what that show was. No. Um, yeah, the second one was appalling. I, I did watch it. Um, I did not like it. It's it's just the fact like WWE have all these great deals coming in and they're still they still feel the need to do something like that. Um and yeah, just trying to pull the wool over our eyes and everything. It's like, no, the fir- the actually the first one compar- comparing the two, seeing all those video packages and oh yeah, we've opened our first cinema again and uh, women can drive again and all that. And it's like, yeah, but you're not allowing women on the show. You're not allowing gay people on the show. Um, and then with the assassination as well, obviously. I mean, 
you've gone in great depths about it all, but I'm, I'm sure this is probably the same for everyone. Yeah, I don't think we'll go through every uh, <laughs> yeah. issue because I think that that topic will be brought up quite a bit throughout the uh, the duration of this show. Wait, what was your worst promotional tactic? Mine was the same as Davies. It was uh, the WWE's relationship with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and Mohammed bin Salman in the wake of the ongoing conflict in Yemen, and especially for Crown Jewel, uh, the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. So what more can be said? You know, it's a situation that was so bad that even uh, John Cena, your longtime company man, refused to do the show. Daniel Bryan, a man who would just a month later would go on to become WWE champion, uh, refused to do the show. Um, yeah. Yep, it's... It's my choice as well. The WWE going ahead with Crown Jewel. And I, I thought both shows were the most difficult shows to watch this year. The first one was just a straight up propaganda show. The second one did not have the propaganda of the first one, but had it made up in spades the amount of awful taste that that event went through uh, despite Braden? Oh, yeah, the same, the same thing. The first one, like you just said, it was total propaganda. Those ads were so strange watching, made me feel uncomfortable. And then it was, it, the, the, the question is worse, promo, the, the thing is worse promotional tactic. The, the fact that they realized everyone was mad about the second one, that they were promoting the show without telling you where it was. A global paper. Yeah, they're just telling you, hey, this is coming up. And that was so sad. Like, come on, just terrible. So yeah. The listeners' choices. Number three was the UFC using the bus attack for Conor McGregor and oh, Habib Nurmagomedov's true. fight. Um, yes. Number two. And we should uh, emphasize as well that the best of worst of shows, we primarily made them pro wrestling based. And I will be announcing because we will not be forgetting about mixed martial arts. Uh, we will have separate shows for those. But number three was the bus attack uh, footage being used to sell the fight. Number two, comments made about Roman Reigns' leukemia in storyline. And number one, 58.6% of voters chose Crown Jewel and promoting Saudi Arabia. That is our first topic. Now we move to biggest setback of the year. This is uh, a performer, a company, anything in pro wrestling that took a dramatic step back in 2018. We will start this one off with Way. My big, biggest setback of the year, I think we have to give honorable mention to people such as Sasha Banks. People such as Jinder Mahal, of course, uh, who, you know, had a, you can argue though he's at a better place right now or where he should be right now compared to where he was, uh, as an overpushed champion in 2017. It evened out for him. Yeah. But my choice has to go to, if I could do this, the pairing of Enzo and Cass, the both hmm. of them together. Um, both men separately on their own, um, were let go by the company for various reasons and, I mean, in the case of Enzo, I think that one is a bit muddier. I would say both of them are somewhat muddied. We don't know exactly the reason for Cass's dismissal. But um, seeing where those two were when they first came into the company, uh, even like, you know, the prior year with Enzo getting a bit of a run in 205 was not such a bad year for him. But to see kind of where they both ended up, Enzo having to resort to being a fan and trying to get on TV to, to get himself kicked out. Um I would say those two had the biggest setback. If you remember, if we go back a year, Enzo, they're getting set to start 205 Live touring because of Enzo. Um, they wouldn't be successful, but nonetheless, that was their thinking. And Cass was hurt and was going to be, if you knew in theory, he will be brought back after WrestleMania for a program with the returning Daniel Bryan for his first major program after his return. 
and where they ended up. It's pretty stunning the year those two had. Uh, my choice for biggest, uh, for worst setback, I, I had a few here. The Usos come to mind. I thought AOP had uh, a terrible um, call up and uh, handling on the main roster. Uh, but my choice was Impact Wrestling. I thought that they started this year with tons of skepticism and the latest management of Don Callis and Scott Demore, I think, provided some optimism amongst fans. They slowly started getting some some positivity with them, and that peaked with Slammiversary, which was a great show from that company, one of the better pay-per-views in 2018. And they had one good television number after Slammiversary, and for whatever reason, their numbers tanked after that. It led to the time slot change, where they tanked further. Now they are off Pop TV and going to the Pursuit channel, so... It's not an exclusive deal, but that is their television presence as we head into 2019, a channel that I imagine most people had never heard of. Their viewership is inevitably going to be reduced even further in a very tough time slot on Friday nights. And I think whatever positive steps Impact is able to grow with, there's just so much that comes their way that sets them back. And that was my worst setback of 2018. Braden. Um, I'm I'm thinking of something Way said uh, because he mentioned Sasha Banks and I feel like that's kind of what I want to. I, I too was gonna say Big Cass and Enzo just because uh, like they just, they're gone essentially off the face of the earth. Um, but but looking back to Sasha Banks, was 2017 a good year for Sasha Banks? I don't think it was either. So I'm just gonna stick. I with mean, she was at least doing the the. The Charlotte program. Right. Or had that ended by 2017? She had a job. So. Yeah, like she had a job still. I just, I don't know. Part of me still thinks. I guess 16 was like yeah, the stronger. Yeah, I guess. Uh, okay, then I'll just say Enzo and Cass. Um, they just, they they could have had it all. And then they just disappeared. I remember Enzo cried and it was good. Mm. He cried. And then, and then yeah, I'm sad. And then he rapped. <laughs> Man, worst of. Album of 2018. Oh, wait, wait, that's another category. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, as a music guy, his beats are really good. He pays a lot of money for these beats. He's not a good rapper, though. Is that frowned upon to to pay for beats? No, it's frowned upon to not pay for beats. Coming okay. from a producer, probably frowned upon to like pay a lot for beats, but not really have the lyrics to back. Yeah, it's oh. it's frowned upon to take a really good beat and then ruin it. And What's his lyrical it. skill set on a scale of one to ten? He uses in 2018 something he rhymes something with tiramisu. Because there's layers to this. It's tiramisu. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> What's wrong with that? No, in two thousand. I, I want a yeah. note by note breakdown of his album. That, we should do a is, review of his new album. Like you get Alan Cross on, and you two oh. just put your headphones on and I'm listen to you, every bar. Some of the bar. beats on it were good. I'm telling you, but that's yeah. a different category, yeah. guys. Let's sorry, Davy. Your biggest setback. Uh, mine would be Kevin Owens. Um, True. He's a favorite of mine. Uh, to think the beginning of the year before he was Universal Champion. Um, and just he had that whole stuff with Braun where he's being put in a toilet and shit all over him. Oh, and, right. Um, he's had this injury, which is obviously a big setback as well. Just his position in the company compared to the year before. Sure, he had a he had that uh, mania match with Shane and Daniel Bryan, but that was all about Shane and Daniel Bryan. They were the punchline, and I think he's far too talented to be a punchline. So mm. Kevin Owens for me. The listener votes. Number three was Jinder Mahal, 10.7%. Shinsuke Nakamura, 11%. Mm. Number one was Asuka. Damn. And I think she would have been uh, 
everyone's pick if it hadn't been for the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think these last two weeks have just, I think there's at least uh, a sense of that Oscar has had hit rock bottom and is in a, a much better role going into 2019. All right. Worst angle of the year. I'm looking at the listeners' picks here. This is a very deep list of many, many different angles that you can go with. Uh, let us start with Davey. Um, Drake Maverick urinating himself. Need I say more? No, Thanks. no, that is <laughs> an absolute worthy choice. Brayden. Uh, I wanted to pick, the, I, I'm just going to, I have that one, but I, I have another one I'll just pick instead sure. to change it up. Because, yeah, it's 2018. Let's cover all the ground. Yeah, there's like, a lot why, to cover here. Why are you peeing? Why is Vince McMahon laughing backstage when this is great? Like, come on. This was the, something in 1999. I'd wouldn't be, be like, funny oh, this then. is dumb. It wouldn't be funny ever. Did uh, either of you see... Drake Maverick this week, he posted a promo that I guess he had to cut as, I don't know if it was part of his tryout in the Performance Center, because he's not identifying himself as Drake Maverick. He identifies himself as as his real name. Sure. And it's a two-minute promo about why I'm going to headline WrestleMania. This promo was so goddamn great. And when you hear this promo and the way he is utilized, how there can be that big of a gap Hmm. is astounding to me. That this this was a main event promo. It was incredible, and he ends it, and you can hear everyone is just applauding. And it was probably other NXT talent, like performers, right. that are watching this unbelievable promo. And then and then he pissed it all away. But, but how often we see this in WWE, where someone's hired for a very specific talent they have, and then and then they put them in a role that. Okay. It's nothing to do with that. Okay, well, like, I honestly, I, I picked that one, but you said it, so just to be cheeky, I'm picking something else that made me mad. Why was a little kid a, t- a tag team champion at WrestleMania? I hated that so much. Nicholas. Why did Nicholas have to be a kid? A, why, why is that a thing? Why? I didn't understand. I still don't get it. I don't think people liked it. I did not like it. I, I liked it. I actually. liked it. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I think maybe I'm, I'm just, just an I'm asshole. I'm more with you, Brendan. I'm an asshole then. I don't like kids winning titles on WrestleMania. You know, to me, like, the tag team belts meant nothing anyway. And it was just like... They really mean good. nothing now. But I'll say Braun Strowman does mean something. And yeah, it, to me, it was... I hate Braun Strowman. Didn't hurt too. Braun at I all. I, that, but. I thought it made Braun look like a Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he he seemed like yeah. your your old school like huge baby face like with a little he's just kid. Wanna, yeah, he's just won the championship with this kid. I hated but the it. thing is, they then didn't he like, like they then turned him heel and face again, and they they messed about. He yeah. should have gone on just, and won the title just, on to, that run. But to me, it was a segment that was designed for people Nicholas's age. You know that, that what was it? He was like he needed a partner. It was a surprise. So yeah. then he, so they picked one. You could have had. It's WrestleMania. You could have brought someone out or something. He walks yeah. past Okada. Yeah. Like, coming to the <laughs> but imagine if you're like that that ten year old kid. You know, like to me that that the idea was a- that he was an everyman for somebody that age. I, and the kid played it well. He looked terrified. Yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't Way, like it what was your worst angle? Clearly it was Nicholas. No, it was not. You know, I, I kind of debated between um, uh, Bobby Lashley's sisters yes. Uh, yes. and a bunch yes. of other things. So yes. that's my honorable mention. That was pretty damn bad. But I think I have to go with Drake Maverick pissing himself. Not just the fact that they 
he somehow that that to me was way worse than oh it is it is I, I told you I I, I, ri- I have the P written down but Nicholas is in my head being like yo fuck that kid that's <laughs> in the vault you can't change your yeah account. exactly but, I mean that's your those are tag team champions and, and a match ended that way dude um, so that uh, and then the fact that like they took it a step further with- sorry you were you were poking fun at like those are your tag champions <laughs> with pissing your pants the other one was tag champions too, <laughs> a like kid, a nine-year-old a little kid. Titles. That's what I'm saying, and I'm saying this is way worse than that. Okay, I'm just saying I don't think either is a grand endorsement of the tag. Little division. kids and okay. king wrestling is weird. <laughs> These tag belts are in trouble. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, but uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty awful for 2018. I've got quite a few honorable mentions. Uh, the drive-by involving a child being hit by the OGs during the uh, when LAX was oh, right. hanging out on the streets of Toronto. Uh, Eddie Edwards being committed to a mental asylum by his wife. <laughs> Dario Cueto comes back to life through time travel on Lucha Underground. Oh Kevin God. Owens being tipped over in the porta potty. Drake Maverick pisses his pants. Number one, exploiting leukemia for Dean Ambrose's <laughs> heel turn. That was my worst angle uh. of the year. Our listener picks. Number three... Sasha and Bailey's bizarre relationship. Oh. Number two, Bobby Lashley's sisters <laughs> at 13% and just narrowly edging it out with 13.3% Drake Maverick bladder control problems. <laughs> and there are some doozies here uh, throughout, which we will put up the entire list of people to, uh, Bobby Lashley's to check out it's- all of the... Our Uber driver on the way here, listening to us, we were like, yeah, we were talking year, about and, we just, and Nicholas and, and Bobby Lashley's sisters. Like, are you going like, to go for the kid or the man that pisses himself? And this guy's like, what the? <laughs> well, then it's an angle that transcended the pro wrestling bubble. If your Uber driver is interested in your in your voting, the porta potty was bad too. All right, last week we did best celebrity involvement, so we now go for the flip side, the worst celebrity involvement. I will start this one off, and I went with David Arquette at L.A. Confidential, uh, just in terms of it being an incredibly dangerous scenario that this man was booked in. I thought that uh, it was a match that totally fell apart, and Nick Gage just had to put an ending to, and could have been way worse than it was. Uh, David Arquette could have been significantly injured beyond what he actually incurred during this match, and... This more so than whether you enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it. It was just way too dangerous. And I I do not want to see this guy continuing to do this style of professional wrestling, even though I'm sure there's going to be promoters that want to book him in a, in another hardcore match because of the notoriety that this match got. I just thought it, it just sent a, a bad message. And this idea that anyone can do hardcore wrestling and professional wrestling at a high level, you can get seriously injured doing this. And he's lucky he didn't. Braden. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, it made headlines all over the place. I watched the news. It was like, look, David Arquette is doing this. It's like, no, that's just sad. Like, dude, don't do that. Um, the clip where he gets like stabbed, he gets stabbed, right? Is that what you can call that? Cause he yeah. gets stabbed with like what the whatever. Yeah. I, I like to, I'm over hardcore wrestling. I think a lot of people are. I, I just didn't understand why he had to do this at all. Like, just, it was for the shock value of it. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was like, booked on. But it's should like, it come have been on, booked? man. Like, it's just like this is why people still make fun of wrestling, and this is kind of that stuff. And it's just gory for nothing. So yeah, definitely David Arquette. Way. 
Again, this is a category that I feel like, you know, 10 years ago would have been a, a lot more competitive. But uh, with with what we had to choose from, I agree it was David Arquette versus Nick Gage. And, you know, David Arquette this year, I actually have quite a bit of respect for him for wanting sure. to come back to wrestling and to try to right a lot of the wrongs that, that you know, maybe he felt like he, he committed when he was booked as WCW champion. I'm sure the reputation he's received as a re- result of this. If this match hadn't happened, thing. no one's talking about, like, his involvement with RJ City yep. and the other stuff he was doing like no one had any issue with that he's like actually, he was legitimately working indies and i don't think anyone has uh negative that, yeah he's, anything negative to he's say working hard and let's also remember you know the circumstances that led to the match he wasn't the, originally the person that was supposed no, to it was be joey ryan match. yeah so you know as a last minute replacement i think you know knowing the the, the types of shows joey janela and gcw book i understand why they thought this was an attraction. Uh, absolutely, it was. It got all of us interested. Like, couldn't he just go make another scream? Well, like, come on. But, you know, the result of it was was horrifying and, and went way too far than, you know, any type of entertainment value it could have potentially provided. So that that was my choice as well. Davey, do you have a different pick? No, same for me. Um, Clean sweep. Yeah, I hate, like, I always try to defend wrestling when people are like, why do you watch that shit? And I talk about why I like it and great stuff out there. And I hate when like negative media attention like this supports these arguments about why wrestling shitty and it's stuff like this. And I feel he released a statement shortly after as well. And I, I feel bad for him because I think he realizes that as well. Like he respects wrestling and that's why he's gone back to it. And I, um, these matches are so dated now as well. We don't, people are really talented. We don't need, fucking light tubes in your skull yeah i think it's the scenario people have the issue with not so much the the players no involved, not at all. uh in any of this the listener picks number three was hulk hogan host crown jewel number two kid rock <laughs> all right yeah what did I, kid rock do wrestlemania well night. he went into no, the hall, hall of fame, fame yeah. and did he perform oh, the next night as well probably, at wrestlemania probably it's all no, he didn't perform. number one 53 percent of the votes david arquette yeah. i didn't even know hulk hogan was eligible for this. yeah i forgot hulk hogan was there is if, he even a, if that's he, why that's I guess he got enough votes to qualify okay. as a celebrity. I'm looking forward to this one. Worst piece of merchandise. What was something so god awful that it it uh stayed in the recesses of your mind all year long is something that was just hideous. <laughs> we will lead up to Braden because this is really uh, I, or do you is, have a crappy pick? This is yeah, like I then I, you start. I went through this and I was like, let me think of some like shitty merchandise that they put out. And without looking, I can instantly think of two things that come into my head. And l- listening, you'll you'll visualize with me. I, I don't have any in particular, but just listen. A, a Triple H shirt. It's black. It's got some writing in a different language, and there's skulls and things on it because that's what every Triple H shirt looks okay, like. Yes. And then you go to the Baron Corbin shirt. It's got some sort of wolf on it, I'm sure. Then it says something like uh, Baron Corbin and end of days. Right? That's his shirt. Okay. Every shirt looks like that. So then I went while I'm doing this list. Yeah. And I went in there. I looked up Triple H. And I'm like, oh, there it is. A shirt with, I don't know, is that Spanish? Oh, that's weird. Conqueror. Latin. Ooh, nice. Yeah, Latin. And then I go to the Baron Corbin section. And there it is. A wolf and his name that says... End of days. So I picked Baron Corbin <laughs> shirts because fuck Baron Corbin shirts. <laughs> they're awful and they're ugly. I know what I should have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> Davey? Um, I went for the Rey Mysterio shirt. Oh, it just one? really annoys me. The one he's got at the moment. On the back, 
it says G, yes. and then his mask, and then O-A-T. Yeah, that's just, just use the mask for the O. That, that, it, that it bothers just, me, it, too. It's really annoying. <laughs> oh. And that's why it's the worst merch. It looks year. more like Gulat. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're meant to... I think they're rationale. going for greatest mask of all time. What? But, like, just do GOAT with your mask as the O. Wow. It's greatest so easy. mask of all time. I think that's what... They're I think that's trying the term. to have it I think Ray as. actually has that trademarked, if I'm not mistaken. Greatest mask of all time. I think so, yeah. It just okay. it reads so badly. Um I'll I'll go first and then we'll uh we'll get Way's choice. I know not everyone at this table is watching Impact every week, but I do. And for every week leading up to Bound for Glory, I was reminded of a title sponsor, Comda.com. And each week Josh Matthews and Ever so awkwardly, Don Callis wore his Comda.com baseball cap. He put it over his headset, so he, he looks like a father at an amusement park that's just on a vacation for the first time ever. It was so awkward. They slammed you over the head, not literally with this hat, but with the promotion of Comda.com that maybe it worked because I will never forget comda.com on the other side i have no idea to this day what comda.com is <laughs> so i can't say it was effective marketing but it stayed in my mind throughout these past number of months the comda.com hats is my pick for worst piece of merchandise all right way uh i'm sticking with wwe for this one but you know i have to say for this category i thought it'd be a lot much more of an easier choice than I thought it would be. And again, uh, maybe it just goes to show that maybe even WWE right now has really kind of stepped up their... their uh, they have to, because of Pro Wrestling Tees. Absolutely. They have to. They're now right. you can customize your merch, right? Uh, yeah, it's like the same type yeah. of on-demand thing. But that said, uh, there were still some, some major offenders here. And I have to give honorable mention to the Bars soccer jersey. Um, <laughs> what? Soccer you don't like jerseys it? are... The- don't you remember when we ca- – I, I, I slammed that shirt and you, you were the one that defended it. Well, I'm saying <laughs> soccer jerseys in general are pretty damn ugly. Whoa. Oh, there's damn, a British guy they? here. Come on. No, watch out. come on. This one's, this one's nasty. But like <laughs> – Nasty. I'm, I'm saying – have you seen this one? The one with the – I'm not disagreeing uh, with Way at all. So that, but that's my honorable mention, okay. John. Uh, I also have to say for a Bullet Club shirt, I think – Cody's American Nightmare blonde design with a cigar to me was like it's one not of the, fine. One of the worst Bullet Club shirts, no. But the winner to me has to be the B Team shirt. Yeah, that was what I had in mind as well. The but. B Team shirt. I know it's supposed to be bad, absolutely. So it's pretty bad, it's pretty bad right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the B Team. The shirt, white flag just got waved. To me, I feel like that's a real missed opportunity. What they should have done instead was to have a white T shirt. And a couple black markers that they should have just sent to the fans so that they could draw their own B or draw <laughs> right, whatever they that's want. That's what the to. shirt is. To me, I think I think it, it it speaks a lot more to the to the to the philosophy of that team, and it would be a lot more interactive and it'd be much more of a unique thing. Instead, you're charging somebody twenty five dollars for a white T shirt. Twenty five dollars? Wait, Something they are like, not twenty five dollars. How much are the shirts have gone up? Okay, whatever. WWE, jeez, our All shirts right. are twenty five dollars. I'm gonna run through a few of the. Other vote getters Ooh, here yes. before we get to the top three because some of the most of these I had no idea even existed. The Titus O'Neil Rumble Stumble T-shirt, yeah. um, <laughs> Seth Rollins half shirts. Oh um, yeah, a WWE Championship waffle maker. What the fuck? Wow, <laughs> Alexa Bliss pigtails. Ooh, bronze Christmas sweater. Uh, we also had <laughs> Cody Daddy. <laughs> Daddy Eats First t-shirt. I don't know what this is. Ooh, that's best of. Daddy I want that eats shirt. First. Yeah, I want that shirt. <laughs> a Bellolution shirt. Uh, Enzo Amori headband with hair. 
Natalia Cat Ears headband. But the top three were the Baron Corbin t-shirt, <laughs> Team yes. Hell No t-shirt, and number one, 23% of the votes were for the B-Team's yeah, shirt. Yeah. So that is your winner. So Baron Corbin did make that, those, <laughs> those fucking wolf shirts. Oh, here's another lengthy one. Lots of submissions for worst music, whether it be an entrance or a pay-per-view theme. I will kick this one off. My worst music this year. <laughs> Honorable mention to the NXT UK theme. But I had Kid Rock earmarked. I was going to call this the Kid Rock Award until Braden reminded me oh. of All In by Downstate. You don't know. That song was in my head for seven days after that trip. That's and it was song. Braden's voice singing it that was even worse. And I had it successfully out of my consciousness. And you brought it back last week. So honorable mention to Braden Harrington for just being the worst music composer of the year. We did uh, the best of show. And I picked Downstate All In as my best theme. This might be a and, first where it's, uh, it's going to win best and worst. I'm getting a lot of messages from our listeners being like, that is a terrible song. <laughs> well, then I'm redeemed. Which in the um, music category between you and me is a rarity. Um you know what? It is uh, It is not a great song, but it was catchy. It got the name across. It had the name in the title of the show. And Downstate always coming through for Cody and the boys. So what we call a guilty pleasure. Yeah, me. exactly. Um, There's no pleasure. I can I can tell you my worst Go for of it, the yeah. year. And it, revol- it relates to the worst, mer- worst merch because I pick the B-Team. Because that their theme song was not very good. B-Team, B-Team. Go, 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 go. go, go. go. Get, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Like in, in some ways, they should be proud that they won the worst because... That's kind of the gimmick, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's awful. Yeah. yeah. Um, I picked that one. I, I'm sure there was a bunch of others. Like, the the what was the WrestleMania? Kid Rock had two themes for WrestleMania, Celebrate and New Orleans. I did not celebrate, and I wanted to get as far away from New Orleans after hearing this song all night long and in the lead up to it. Uh, yeah, I still go with the B team. Davey? Well, uh, mine was Kid Rock, WrestleMania. Right, you were there. Because I'm glad someone named it. not only, like, the the new one was terrible, but Celebrate, they used for 30 as well. So they've oh, used the same cheating. fucking song. To- <laughs> yeah, that was the WrestleMania 30 theme. So they've wow. used that theme twice. Oh. Does it like, and song? you hear it for, like, the whole six weeks leading Guys, up to WrestleMania. we're going back to New Orleans. And we, have, we have one We've artist got, we can is, use. Is Kid Rock even from New Orleans? No, no it's no, like, why is he? Detroit. <laughs> it's, the, it's the lyrics of the song, right? I'm going down to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. When, that, was the, uh, that was the new one he did this year. I'm oh, going what? down to New Orleans. That one. Wasn't that the one? Yeah, yeah, Kevin Dunn needs some better than Ezra. Let's just point out that a lot of Kid Rock songs are very similar. Like... Didn't and then everyone shit. was thinking, oh, yeah, because Taker had retired. Everyone was going, oh, he's coming back as the as the badass. badass. And that's why we've got Kid Rock. And we didn't even have that. <laughs> we just had it take his shittest run ever instead. Oh, God. Way? Well, this will be a nice way to bookend it because my choice as well was downstairs. <laughs> Unfortunately, like most, most wrestling themes these days, I feel are either like good or too generic for me to remember but right. that one was so you remember a special it. place because of Braden Harrington constantly reminding <laughs> me um what's like it wasn't the theme this year but what what's worse all in or give me the green light oh i love give green me light. the green give light. me the green light it's worse it's terrible okay, gotcha. yeah the wwe ones have an advantage though because on pay-per-view night I don't care if you're getting the greatest song of all time. You will hate it by right, the end right. of that night, uh, the amount true. of times they will play it. Uh, interesting results here from yes, our listeners. Number it. three was Bobby Lashley's theme with 5.2% of the votes. How does that even go? It's very, very generic. 
But Russell and Flo might be able to save it. Number two, the B-team theme with 10.8%, and winning it with 12%, Dolph Ziggler's theme. What? what? Oh, it's because of the scratch. Oh, the scratch. Oh, which yeah. doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah, the record terrible. scratch, I guess, has yeah. put them over the top. All right. This one, uh, on the Best Up show, we broke up Best Wrestling TV Show with Best Wrestling TV Episode, a singular edition of a given show. So, Way, let's start with you. What was your worst episode of 2018? Man, this is going to be an, an interesting one because, I mean, it's very tough to, uh, for me to, to go back and, and go sort through everything. But this year, there happened to be one particular episode that stood out so bad that I feel like will be at the top of a lot of people's list. And that was the November 26th edition of WWE Raw. <laughs> we get a Sasha Banks and Bailey open forum. We get a Drake Maverick finish to a match where he pisses on Bobby Roode's robe. We get Dean Ambrose's vaccine promo. We get a Lucha House Rules match. We get Dolph Ziggler answering Seth Rollins' IC Open title challenge. And tons and tons of Baron Corbin. What more could you ask for? Okay, I'm going to try and one-up you. Oh, my God. I'm going to go a week earlier to November the 19th. Oh. uh, Raw, the night after the Survivor Series. It started with a Stephanie promo that included the comment, dismemberment is a bit of a corporate liability, three weeks after Crown Jewel. (laughs) Then we got a six-man tag involving Corbin, McIntyre, and Lashley against Braun, Elias, and Finn Balor that went a cool 32 minutes with no finish and then the Braun injury angle. Dean Ambrose confronts Seth Rollins to explain Roman Reigns got what he deserved when he got leukemia. A three-on-two revival Lucha House Party match. Ronda comes out the night after having her neck snapped with a chair. Not only fine, but then defeating Mickey James to show us that the injuries meant nothing. This was also the night after Drake Maverick's urinary incontinence, which led to a chant of AOPP on this show. Natalia and Ruby's feud was in full swing after the death of Jim Neidhart. And to cap off the show... Dean Ambrose came out for his famous What's That Smell promo. That was my worst episode of the year. Brayden. Jeez. Well, clearly I have to pick one of those. (laughs) No, go with what you have. No, I I have picked one of those already, and I have to side with Way because a man, did he, he peed on the rope? Yeah, as soon as as soon as I saw something involving pee on a robe, I was I already that that was set. The second I saw that, I had picked that as the worst episode because that was fucking awful. Um, I think looking at it, the listeners can agree. Looking at what you describe as the worst episode, than what you describe, both sound really bad. But I have to say, you way have the the worst one because the peeing and then the. What else happened Take on your that? pick? The vaccine promo, yeah. the, the open forum. Oh, you both, you both have really strong arguments. A lot of it is just which elements of these feuds <laughs> yeah, did that. you hate more? Because there's a lot of crossover week oh, to week. The guy like peed on his robe. Oh, so stupid. Yeah, that one. Wait, wait, you went, you was, I, I went, oh, with went on the, the rope. On the rope I didn't look up the date, but yeah, I was yeah. like that episode where he peed on the rope. Uh, although you were, yeah, very convincing with your argument there. Right. Like <laughs> a lawyer. The whole yeah. episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everyone can debate episode. it. Well. Uh, for the listener picks, my November 19th show finished fourth. Number three, and forgotten about this, the Raw 25th anniversary show, which oh, was God. probably the biggest oh, yeah, letdown oh. of a show that right. was so hyped up and really did not deliver. Number two was the December 3rd episode of Raw. And number one, 77.3% of voters chose the November 26th episode of Raw. So the majority went with you three. Raw takes it. Glorious. 
Okay, and that takes us to worst wrestling television show. I chose Raw. <laughs> really? Damn. No way. <laughs> Did anyone choose a different show? No. No. <laughs> Rewind to Raw, everybody. Uh, Monday nights. Uh, <laughs> arguably the yeah. deepest talent roster in their history. And yes, it's three hours. Why but is that is... Hours? No one was forced to have a three-hour show. And I just think everyone looks at what this show could be. It is the... It is the most popular wrestling show in the world. And therefore... Um, I don't think there's any excuse for some of the programming that we got on that show this year. This is the first year in wrestling where I decided to cut out my Raw and SmackDowns. And now I watch Raw and SmackDown debating on whether or not Twitter tells me or you guys tell me to watch something. So this like this was the year I, I had have completely cut it out. I only watched the, the main of uh, pay-per-views and it's like. It's like freeing. It's like I've dropped like a bad habit or something. I feel really free from this three-hour weekly show. But, you know, you, at least you're keeping up with a lot of that. It, like, the, the quality of Raw now has gotten to the point where it's forcing a lot of people to just drop. I have. That, I have. Thing. Like, yeah. like um, it's it's hard for me to remember when the pay-per-views are because I don't, yeah. like, keep up as much because it's, it's because of the three-hour show – and most of the time I ever tune in, it's it's been crap. So why it's, it's, do I need to waste my time of my life doing this? And I, I I dropped it. And like this was the first year, like literally, I missed yeah. so much of it. But I think life. that as well, like covering combat sports, it's the length is only so much of an argument I can take because I watch UFCs most weeks, and we watch takeovers we watch wwe pay-per-views like the wwe pay-per-views you can say whatever you want about the build-up most wwe pay-per-views they're they're never bad right. there's elements that may be bad but as a whole and those are the longest shows they produce possible so it whatever it is um there's we we could spend this entire episode but, deconstructing so raw all the all this talent now three hours if you have three hours of variety why why is baron corbin on every 20 minutes like you've got all this great talent, you you should have that time to build up proper decent storylines, top to bottom, and they don't. You still just have one focus on one thing and someone repeated segments. It's like an NFL game. Is, an NFL game's three hours. A, a, bas a baseball game's three hours. Like people watch them. People sit and watch them. This is three hours, but a variety. It isn't one of the same thing. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be too hard to make it. So I'm, boring. I'm sure it's really like, hard to write a show every week. I'm, and I'm sure it is. But like, you really, <laughs> this year was not a good year for this show. You could argue, though, the things that take the longest on that show are also the ones that connect the least. Like these heavily scripted segments. Yeah, Those are going to be the the lion's share of your of your work is towards these promo that we insist have to be mapped out to a T. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was the show. Uh, our listener picks. Number three was World of Sport with 1.7% of the votes. Number two was Impact Wrestling, 4.4%. And just squeaking it out with 90% of the votes Jesus. was Monday Night Raw from our listeners. Worst event of 2018. We start with Way. Yeah. Uh, for my worst event, I went with Crown Jewel. I think it, uh, the controversy surrounding it is something you really can't ignore. But looking at the content of the show itself, um, 
Shane McMahon winning your best in the world tournament. Uh, <laughs> matches that really I thought were quite underwhelming in general. A main event that featured a returning Shawn Michaels and a very, very old set of, uh, uh, other participants in the match. Uh, and otherwise, just overall, wrestling wise, very forgettable, but of course the controversy surrounding it as well makes it my worst event of 2018. Braden? Yes, I agree with Way. The crown jewel was, uh, pretty bad. Um, simply because, you know what? Let's, let's pretend. Let's look past all the stuff about it. Let's get down to the match. I, I'm a wrestling fan. I want to see the return of DX versus the Brothers of Destruction. And then bald Shawn Michaels does a moonsault. And no one catches him. So I'm picking that as the worst match. Davey, the worst, are you the same? Uh, yeah, crown jewel. I feel you, you actually look at the card on paper. It's, not a bad show at mm-hmm. all, but I don't know if the talent were just like fuck this because of course you like Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton should have been great. Ziggler, Kurt Angle, they should have been so much more about Kurt Angle yeah. with it. Just in general, his singles run, like he's my favorite of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, his like first run, and to come back and just have him in a throwaway match where nothing really matters and nothing really happens, it's. The matches itself were terrible, but then Hogan starting it, all the controversy, yeah, so, like, fuck that. Hogan. It was, it was terrible. Like, it was... Maybe the worst event ever in WWE. Like, it's just no. terrible. When they announced that Hulk Hogan is trending, and then way you pulled up uh, <laughs> yeah. what what he was trending yeah, for and what the comments were. I, everything about this event, I detested. It's easily the worst. Uh, this is uh, perhaps the worst wrestling experience I have of had. I will say the only thing that I... I got out of that was the way we handled the post show that I was very, very happy with with that show and at least uh, covering it from a perspective that uh, I was very proud of. So um, anyway, this is not the self-congratulatory show, <laughs> but anyway, worst show of the year, crown jewel uh, around the horn. Clean sweet. Uh, our listener choices. Number three was WWE's extreme rules. Number two, WWE backlash. Number one with 65.2% of the votes was crown jewel. Worst broadcaster i will start this one off i will give an honorable mention to lanny poffo uh, in new japan pro wrestling i do not go all the way because i just think it was a bizarre set of circumstances that got the man into the booth and it's not as though this guy was a constant on the broadcast now it's believed he will be returning so what 2019 well we will see if he actually does or oh, not no. but i i it was not enough for me to name him uh the person I did go with was Jonathan Coachman. I thought that he was uh, a bad, mis- uh, just a mistake of a choice to put back onto the three-man raw booth that they did. And those three together with Graves and Cole was unbearable for the time it lasted. And I, I still feel the commentary is not great on Raw, but it's a marked improvement from that threesome of Cole, Coachman, and Graves. Braden. Yes, I agree with you, John. Jonathan Coachman. I was actually a kind of a fan of him back in the day when he, before he left for his ESPN. I thought he was a good heel back then. And then when they kind of said he was coming back, I thought maybe this is a good idea. This could be really good. It was not. Uh, he was so bad to, whenever I did listen to him, he was terrible. He makes like me not care about any of the things going on and just kind of like, gets himself over or something. I don't know what the hell was going on with him. It was all the arguments. That was at yeah. the, the height that they would just go at it with one another. Just and it not. just became such an uh, an awful broadcast. Yeah, I, I think the, the coach uh, just 
was a terrible, terrible thing that happened <laughs> for commentary this year. I pick him. Davey. Uh, does this include like backstage interviewers? Sure. Yes. Yep. Anyone. Okay. So, because I was going to go for Coachman for commentary, because I just want to add, he does clearly doesn't watch the show either. He doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> about, and that hip hop sensation John Mayer was priceless. That's he, not even a part of the show. That's but, just like that's like pop culture. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going from that interviewer from May Young Classic Week One, one Shadia. Bezezo, yes, yes, yes. Oh, um, right. the first Arabic broadcaster in WWE, sure. I believe, who had one episode and we've never seen her again. She good. was so bad. She was a robot. She was a robot. I, I mean, we make fun of, was it Daria or, or all of them, but this was way, way more robotic and unnatural and how you can be in a job where you're talking and you can't talk with any emotion or it was bizarre really bizarre so you gave, she's you gave, mine you gave coach a pass there I yeah <laughs> way jonathan coach <laughs> no yeah. pass from way uh, no like to me uh i mean there was one point where i felt like we couldn't have gotten worse than booker t <laughs> now i yearn for the days of booker t or at least during the the coachman days i definitely yearn for the days of booker t because coachman was just it's it's a combination of like him um Thinking he's he knows what he's talking about, but then like when you actually listen to what he's saying, it's just like he's bullshitting every single Always. like uh, episode. Um, tra- like the the arguments with the Graves and Cole were were always uh, a setback to me. Um, so he was my choice. Yeah. Also has kind of reinforced that the panel for the kickoff shows is now the island of misfit toys <laughs> when we have no uh, no. Nowhere else for you. That is where Jerry Lawler ends up, where Michael Cole, or sorry, Michael Cole, Jonathan Coachman ends up, mm-hmm. and that, that David Otunga as well. Listener choices number three was Byron Saxton, seven point six percent. I think Byron's gotten a yeah. lot better. Yeah. I, I I don't really have any issue with the the SmackDown team. To me, is never never the problem that mm-hmm. Raw has been. Number two, Michael Cole was sixteen point four percent, and number one was Jonathan Coachman, forty four point seven percent of the votes uh just a little detour do any of you see a change with Paige being added on the smackdown broadcast or do you see another position for her because i could see graves getting just restricted to one show and Paige takes his spot yeah i think maybe she could be good i can't see what else she would do it's um, the panel probably that's probably i don't think a manager, manager role will really work that well with her so i yeah i, I think she'd be better than renee mm-hmm. on commentary Sure. Yeah, I think should be pretty good. I, I also like. Um, was Michael Cole number two on the vote? Michael Cole was number two because I know we did the May Young Classic podcast and mm. we got a lot of feedback from listeners who were like, a lot of people were like, "Hey, Michael Cole sounds different here, and I like it." Or the classic, "I fucking hate Michael Cole." I thought he he still pisses me off, but I I felt like some of the commentary that he did do was really good. It's well, obvious that I like him. Toned yeah. down, pro- uh, unproduced. Yeah. I shouldn't say unproduced, right. but. Someone left to his devices, whether it was that Beast from the East show, right. the UK tournament, uh, the so first good. two yeah. UK shows. Yeah, yeah. This guy, to me, is not the issue. It is the job description yes. that yeah. that guy has to manage that I, I would not be able to call like, him a terrible broadcaster. Like my one, not at all. It's my one thing. I'm like, no, give Michael Cole a chance. He's actually kind of good sometimes. So yeah. I'm happy. It's, it's the reputation yeah. he has. Of course. And I can't, up. like, it's hard. To, you can't defend him. Like, yeah. yeah. Worst character. We're going to start off with Davey for this one. All right, who did I... Oh, yeah. Okay. I am going uh, over to NXT here. 
the women's division, Lacey Evans. I just don't get this character at all. It's, it's unclear whether she is, is she actually from a, like, previous era and has time traveled to 2018 or is she cosplaying this? It's, I don't know. I think elements of the character work, but it, it's so jarring with everything else there. And I mean, we said before, I think when, Regal was doing his, uh, like, investigation into Alistair Black. There are a lot of wacky characters down in NXT. You've got, like, Otis Dozovich, Dream, Nikki Cross. But for some reason, it's Lacey Evans that just feels out of place. So I'm going with Lacey Evans. She's interesting. I wonder how she'll translate to the main roster. Maybe it'll be a better environment for her. Uh, or maybe she'll flounder just as much. It reminds me of the Vaude villains, who I think in NXT, mm-hmm. they kind of had this were inspired by this bygone era. And then they moved to the main roster and it's like, no, you are actually from this era. And that's when it just fell apart and felt... Because I like them down in NXT. I think it all remains to be seen how Vince sees it. You Mm. know, maybe it's something Vince will completely gravitate towards. That's what it comes down to. I mean, it's ultimately getting over for the audience of one. And I'm done predicting who's going to translate well on the main roster because it's just... it's It's just throwing a dart in darkness to know who's going to land and who's not. And ultimately it's even if someone doesn't land, if you see if Vince McMahon sees something, they're going to want the show written significantly around that person. So she'll be one of many to watch. Brayden, your worst character. Uh, I, I originally had Baron Corbin, but like, because he's in that like vest wearing Role because it's yeah sorry constable, constable right. uh, GM elect but yeah. but David sparked something and I'm I'm looking for her name I'm forgetting I think it's Jesse Elaban Jesse oh, Elaban yeah. yeah is that her from the May Young Classic she's in the May Young Classic With the glasses yes is this her yeah okay I'm changing it to this <laughs> I'm changing that to this character Jesse Elaban her character is. I'm I'm nerdy. I'm free oh, spirit. Yeah. I'm a goofball. And in her matches, she botches on perfect on purpose. That's the character. Uh I can't say anything good about this character. I hope it doesn't. She's down in NXT. She does NXT house shows a lot. If this character makes it TV, I'm, it's like Bailey turned up. Like she she she's so goofy. I can't. Oh, I'm gonna go do a handspring, but I don't know how, and I fall over. Oh, like it's the difference is when when Emma used to do that kind of right. thing. Emma can actually wrestle right. and do it, whereas this, this it's kind cannot. of an excuse to hide that she can't wrestle. And this she girl botches. is not good, so she actually does botch. And this if this character goes forward, I can't see it going anywhere. It is so so bad. Um, yeah, <laughs> that one. All right, so I'm going uh, outside of WWE for this one. At the end of Lucha Underground Season 3, Dario Cueto, who is a phenomenal character, was killed off, in theory, in the series. So Season 4 kicks off with the return of actor Luis Fernandez Gill playing Dario's father, Antonio (laughs) Cueto, a complete parody of the original. It was a stupid authority figure. I just thought this was the jumping the shark moment for Lucha Underground, and it all kind of was centered on, on this, this... Lucha Underground playing loose with, with logic and any sense of of realism, which is not always the worst thing. But Lucha Underground took that um, 
that audience's trust in the the storytelling that they were would allow and took it way past the the point that the audience was going to find them redeeming and i think the the show is nowhere near where it was several years ago the audience has dropped off and i think that there's a great question if we'll ever see another season from lucha underground my choice antonio cueto Listener selections. Oh, I didn't choose. Oh, sorry, Way. You go ahead. My worst character um, has to go this year to statistician Dana Brooke. Oh, <laughs> man. It was such a half-baked idea that uh, I wouldn't have made it past promo class in NXT, much less uh, deserved to be on Raw. I highly disapprove uh, of this. Uh, it was done way better by Terry Reynolds as, as Alexandra York. And even so, of all the gimmicks that you could have resurrected from uh, 90s WCW, why that one in 2018? I have no idea why they never really did all that much with it. The skits were never good. She never pl- made a, a difference at all to the to the Titus Worldwide. Um, uh, Worldwide? Stable. They teased some type of relationship between her and Apollo that never went anywhere. Uh, so she is my pick. <laughs> a, a great choice. One that has been really out of my really mind. You already won the, co- the <laughs> argument by starting it with status. <laughs> I had to well. dig deep. I think our statistician, uh, Brad, the archivist, way more over. Oh, <laughs> And as we go to our stats, number three, uh, Nia Jax, number two, Bobby Lashley, and number one, 27.9% of the votes for Baron Corbin as yeah. worst character. Constable. Worst on the mic. Maybe that will uh, play off of the, the last, uh, the top three. Uh, Way, why don't you start worst on the mic? Yeah, well, certainly, I think as bad as Corbin is, to me, he deserves some praise for actually memorizing a lot of his lines and being <laughs> going out there. Maybe you guys will disagree. But I think, on the other hand, the person that he replaced, Kurt Angle, there was a period <laughs> where, where he would flub something in each promo that he had. Clearly, it took him at least a year to get comfortable on this show. I thought the worst, though, was when ahead of Crown Jewel, before he was about to take part in that tournament, he cut this teleprompter promo. And I hesitate to even (laughs) call it that because it was just reading. It was so bad and it sounded so terrible. And again, maybe we chalk it up because we know Kurt can be a good promo. Maybe we just chalk it up to the the system that he's now placed in and how difficult it, it might be for somebody like him to get accustomed to it. But for 2018, I thought he had some of the worst on-screen microphone per, per, uh, appearances. A great choice. Uh, Davey? Uh, mine is Nia Jax. I just find her voice grating. I don't... No one yell at me and distort yeah. the audio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the the yelling out of nowhere. Um, just, I don't think her delivery's good. I don't believe her as a... She cut that promo when she beat, uh, who was it, Alexa Bliss, and she cut that promo about bullying and being a star and all that. And it oh, just, as a baby face. As a baby yeah. face. And it just was so jarring and just she's bad. Yeah. unbelievable. Just, she's bad. My worst on the mic was Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I know that he didn't have a ton of promos to cut this year. That was by design. And he's just been so disappointing in this WWE run that as as much as you can look at kind of you look at Bobby Lashley, like here is somebody that you would think will thrive in a WWE system coming back. He's a significantly better performer than he was the one that left. And what what a disappointing year. And I specifically go to the Sami Zayn feud where he was required to talk a lot and it was awful. Um, Yeah, just a, a really badly utilized character that I think could 
could be so much more in WWE. Braden. Ah, uh, man, I, I like agree with every person you all chose because I hate all these people. Uh, my pick was Baron Corbin, but what was that time where Kurt Angle was like, they're here, they're here. Remember what I'm talking about? It's like yelling. I think it was someone was invading. Oh, yeah. The, was the, it like the Survivor Series? Yeah, right? yeah. Right? Or something. That was last year. Was, was that, it? I think so. Oh, okay. Well, I'll go with Corbin. Uh, <laughs> Oh, he's so bad, but I just had to Google Kurt Angle, and the picture that popped up for this year is him in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> uh, you're right. Or stress is a different category. He's, he's so bad that he actually messes up everything he's ever done this year. So now I'm like, oh, my God, he's clearly the worst. His best line, though, is when Braun was destroying the truck, and he goes... Oh no, that's worth $500 million! <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's easy to pick. I hate Nia Jax, I hate Baron Corbin, but realistically, Kurt, like, fucked up every line I think I've ever heard from him this year. So, by default, I think I, I have, I, I picked Kurt Angle as worst on the mic in 2018, which is sad because he is the GOAT. <laughs> Kurt Angle uh, was number four among the listener picks. Number three, Bobby Lashley. Number two, Baron Corbin. Number one, 29.2% of the votes for Nia Jax. Yeah. So I think we, we covered the top four well there. Represented. Uh, number wow. five was Ronda Rousey. That I think way you would be closer to thinking her on that list. I, I really don't mind Ronda's no. promos, to be honest. She, I kind of like them. She kind of fluctuates. Like, she, like even within the same promo, she might have a great moment. Yeah. And then when she has to read, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Next up is worst women's match of the year. Uh, let us start with Brayden. Uh, I remember I didn't like Asuka and Carmella, which I think a lot of people will choose. But uh, I'm going to say, can I pick any match Nia Jax has had? I just don't like Nia Jax. No, you need a specific match. Fuck. <laughs> <sighs> uh... Because, like, her Mania match wasn't bad, but then she won, and I was like, I hate her. What was the one where she almost dropped Charlotte? Was that last year? That was this year, wasn't it? Was it this was year? Was this year or last year? I think it was this year. I think it was this well, year. The one with the shoulder breaker? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a while ago. Oh, I think okay. that was last year. Well, I picked that. <laughs> <laughs> this year, last year, anyone versus Nia Jax. Um, I, I can't stand this. Maybe it's just a character or a wrestler that's just not for me, but anytime she has a match, I I can't get behind it i don't like any of her matches they're so bad she she is clearly uh i, I mean you're, you're trained she knows what she knows what she's doing but at the same time not, people make fun of her on the internet for not knowing how to wrestle well it's like well, maybe they're not wrong yeah nia Jax versus anyone my choice was natalia and the bella twins against the riot squad from the september 24th episode of raw this was yeah. the infamous match where oh. Liv morgan got injured yeah. by brie and Brie also had a moment later where she got, I think it was catapulted into the heel corner and forearmed Ruby, I believe it was. <laughs> it's just a match that, yes, there was an unfortunate injury, but the whole thing fell apart. And this was, it's very rare these matches happen now on, on this level in the WWE where you see something like this fall apart to this degree. Uh, but this was certainly an example uh, of that happening. Wait. Man, now that you brought that yeah. up, I have to kind of reconsider my choice, man. But, um, since you already covered it, I want to sh uh, shed some light on, on, on my original choice, uh, and I'll go with this one. Carmella versus Charlotte from Backlash of 2018. I think a pay-per-view that, you know, uh, at least, um, came runner-up in our, in our worst event of the year, Backlash 2018. But, if, and for this particular matchup, you know, Carmella, her run as women's champion on SmackDown, I think, um, 
maybe hasn't gotten enough coverage on this particular episode because there's been so much that kind of overshadowed it. But her matches were just simply not good. And in this particular match... At a time when the standard is greatly increasing. And in this particular match, there's just a five-minute stretch here with Carmella in control that particularly stood out. It was... A bunch of long chin locks, and I guess at some point Carmella, she was instructed to communicate more with the audience, and that's what she tried to do by yelling, 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 and yelling to no response from this crowd at all. It was really sloppy slap fighting, uh, and then just a terrible finish at the end of it all with Charlotte doing a moonsault, planting her feet wrong, and then... A really weak super kick from Carmella that ended it. So to me, uh, worst women's match of the year, given the scale of it uh, and and how much publicity it was supposed to have. And also the ripple effect of that booking that here is Charlotte who ends Asuka's streak at WrestleMania, loses the title to Carmella on the next SmackDown. And then this is the rematch, which Carmella then got the tagline of beating Charlotte twice. And it was like you ended this streak for what reason? Other than you. My argument that night was, well, we'll we'll get into other stuff later. Brayden. Worst women's match. Oh, I already picked oh, sorry, David. Sorry. Um, I think I got the show wrong because you said that one was backlash, but it was Carmella again, but against Asuka. Um, just mainly because of what has happened to Asuka from being so dominant in NXT and then letting... This was Money in the Bank, I believe. Money in the Bank, okay. Um, letting, like, again, Carmella was on oh, top God, they of had two matches. in that match. And then the whole stupid James Ellsworth thing at the end. I... I hate distraction finishes where the baby face just looks dumb. And she was staring at James Ellsworth for about a minute before she gets super kicked and loses. It was just, it was just bad. So the listener choices here. Number five was Carmella and Oscar at Extreme Rules. Number four was Carmella and Oscar from Money in the Bank. <laughs> Number three was Carmella against Charlotte from oh Backlash. Number two was the Bellas against and Natalia against the Riot Squad from the September twenty fourth Raw. Oh, what's number one? Number one, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax from Backlash, which I am nominating oh. as Braden. Yeah, Braden's that's my pick. That that's my pick. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one. That that's one. Braden's pick that I, we will I, uh, put down. I feel like I really should have gone back and watched the entire Backlash show for this. Yeah, yeah. Review I would it soon. Guys. I would say you were a smart man not to. <laughs> <laughs> Worst men's match of 2018. Uh, we went through w- such a deep list last year. Best uh, matches for b- both the men and the women la- this past year. Now it's into the worst. Braden, why don't you kick us off with worst men's match? All right. Mine is an interesting choice, but I have a a feeling maybe people listening will agree with me. It's not necessarily the worst match of the year. I've seen a lot worse matches maybe on the Raws or SmackDowns or whatever. I'm sure you could nitpick and find a terrible match. But to me, because of the, the hype around this match... It was such a letdown to me personally that I had to pick it as the worst match of the year. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania. I don't know what was in the air that night, boys, but I, you could not, you could not make anyone think that was a good match. I, I don't know. It, I rewatched it this week preparing. You I, did. Wow. I, I rewatched it this week to, to psych myself out. No. These two legends, they couldn't possibly. I tried, I tried watching it again to, to get into it. I gave it a second chance. I'll tell you, stinks the second time too. AJ Styles, Nakamura, uh, supposed to be maybe the best match ever. The biggest hype match ever. 
And uh, it, it let me down so much that I had to pick it for this because it's just like, got, got, I don't know what it was. Something didn't uh, click. Certainly, I think the expectations going into that one were right. like – That's why on like, a, on like a personal level, like I yeah. know so many people were ready for yep. this 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 – I, I left the booth, the press booth, to sit in the audience. There you go. Summer. And what did yeah. you think of that, that match? Was very, the most disappointing match on the show. Right. Yeah. So I, I just like again. I, I'm sure there's a lot of shitty matches this yeah. year, but because of the circumstances and everything, the lead up, the everything, this match was not good. Uh, I'll follow because it's from the same card. But I went with the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar main event that night. Sure. This was. You know, when you think about it, this was built up for so long. They went to all of these far-reaching places just to get people to boo Brock Lesnar, which you can certainly argue in hindsight was that a really smart decision to make people think Brock Lesnar does not care. Uh, it didn't help Roman Reigns as a babyface. And for the main event of WrestleMania, to see that audience, which I went into that show talking about that at least they will have a good match. They had the great one in 2015 when Seth cashed in. I thought at the very least they're going to have a good match. But the audience had no – they did not care. The beach balls were out. It felt so flat for your biggest match of the year. And because of the the high and big stage that it was on, I, I think that they – this was just a swing and a miss for something that was built up so much. And you also, I mean, went with the swerve of Brock winning that I didn't think was, uh, didn't do Roman any favors either to continually pu push that off even further. So that was my worst pick. Davey? Uh, I'm the same as Braden. Uh, Nakamura against AJ Styles from WrestleMania this year. Um, I felt the whole first half of this year's WrestleMania was fantastic. Like a load of us were, yeah. were looking at each other going, wow, this is this could be one of the best WrestleManias ever. This is really, really good. And then we've got AJ Styles and Nakamura. Mm -hmm. Nakamura comes out with that awesome entrance with Nita Strauss, and you're like, this is going to be great. And then it was just like, it was just a TV match. It it kind of ended very abruptly. There was no real chemistry there between them, which is just odd. I mean, it, it is a long show, and I wonder if you were to just, because we were watching it back, and it was like the crowd of quiet to start with and you wonder if it's in like a like an nxt arena where the, it where the crowd are just hyped for it would just that volume make you think oh this is way better but it's just having seen their like wrestle kingdom match and and also the build sucked the, the build was this is a dream match it's like okay but i need more than that they they started so well with the Money in the Bank the year before, where they had that great moment where they both moved the ladder and everyone's right. like, oh, it's AJ Nakamura. And they could have built gradually on that more and more, but it just didn't have the build to it and it didn't deliver. So, yeah, there are probably way, way worse matches this year, but for expectation, definitely that one. Wade, did you venture away from WrestleMania? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, I went to Triple H versus The Undertaker at Super Showdown for my worst match of the year. You know, uh, going back to WrestleMania, I thought The Undertaker's match with John Cena, if you could even call it a match, to me, I had no issues with that whatsoever. Long entrance, some signature moves, quick match. I loved it. I had a great time watching it live. Taker in a 30-minute main event, though? No, thank you. Uh, I thought his last match with Roman Reigns in a stadium, last main event in a, in a stadium with Roman Reigns already showed that his main eventing days were well behind this man. And for him to come back this year with Triple H, 
Listen, I think Hunter's very good. I thought he worked really hard to try to drag the best match he could out of The Undertaker. But 10 minutes into that match, Taker was just a sloppy, sloppy mess. There was a segment where they brawled into the crowd. They were trying a bunch of things. Taker just, like, couldn't even lift uh, Triple H and dropped him like a bag of dirt. And they gave up on the spot. <laughs> and for me, somebody with a, 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 a tremendous amount of respect for both of those performers, it was just really sad to see, you know? Um, so, this was a very bad year of everything with The Undertaker. Yeah. I, thought. I mean, just everything you put together and it was just like there was some bad stuff this year. Yeah. So I think, you know, the man simply just does not have the gas tank to go that length. And I think I wish he would just kind of stay as, you know, a mid-card novelty act and, and not kind of further harm his legacy like he has. Okay, let's go quickly from 10 to 1 here from the listener picks. Number 10 was John Cena and Undertaker at WrestleMania. <laughs> Nine, Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn at Money in the Bank. Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe at Backlash. Braun Strowman and Nicholas versus The Bar at WrestleMania. <laughs> Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel. Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal at Money in the oh, Bank. God, the, yeah. the crowd took over. Fourth was Triple H, Undertaker, Super Showdown. Number three, Shane McMahon, Dolph Ziggler at Crown Jewel. Number two, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And number one, with 14.1% of the votes, DX versus the Brothers of Destruction at Crown Jewel. I'm shocked you picked the singles match over... To be quite honest, like when I was watching the Crown Jewel show, I think I was so caught up in everything else that right. I almost like I didn't even give a shit about the match anymore. But yeah, I hear I hear a lot of people talk about that one being way worse. The tag the tag match, like, trust me, there was not enough The tag also had even the the, the further issue of Hunter getting hurt midway through yes, as well. Exactly, that yeah. They had to kind of finish with. So I'm sure I mean, maybe there was some leniency given for that. Well, I, I mean the listeners, they chose that as the worst right, match. Yeah, so yeah. I mean it's not a good valid though. choice. Worst feud Please of, sleep for this of 2018. Oh, I don't know. I might be just going different because I think uh, I know what is going to win. So let me get mine out of the way. Okay. But it, it, I, I would likely defer to what you three are going to say. But no, I'm, whoa, whoa, I, whoa, I'm, whoa, I'm whoa, not, no, no, I'm right. not sure. Oh, maybe we'll have a different ones. Okay. I want to cover a bunch here. And I think this feud is totally forgotten because I forgot it about uh, it until this past week. I'm picking Daniel Bryan and Big Cass. Oh, that's... Oh, okay. <laughs> the premise was Big Cass doesn't like short people because I'm tall and therefore I'm more valuable in this company, which was pretty funny given what would happen within weeks of this program. Right. But what really, um, A, it was a bad Daniel Bryan match on pay-per-view that they had, which is pretty tough. And second, this was Bryan's first program. And since coming back, and I thought it got him off to the absolute worst foot possible in this comeback. And he was never able to get back to where he was the night of that promo announcing he's been cleared, where you just felt, my God, it's the, this company has just gotten something unexpected that has fallen into their laps. This guy is going to be the baby face of all baby faces. And like the Miz feud was fine. The cast feud sucked. And then he was into the program you know, with, with AJ before the turn, he, his baby face run would just, it did not, he was not booked great and it didn't connect at that top end level. And I think part of it was getting off with this big cast feud that just got dropped. And I can't say it was a bad idea to drop it either. Braden. Yeah. Everything you just said, Daniel Bryan returned to wrestling in 2018 to feud with Big Cass. Like, like imagine that thinking, that, looking at that roster, that this is how we'll start things off. It made me so mad as a wrestling fan. I'm like, what? You're telling... Wait, why hit? There's Wasn't there call-ups? Wasn't Andrade Cien Almas on SmackDown? AJ Styles? Like, all these people. And you pick this guy? 
Come on. That's just, you deserve, this is terrible. Off. Davey. Uh, mine is Bailey versus Sasha, which is still <laughs> I thought that would be seemingly <laughs> happening. Like, what are they doing? It's one week they're like enemies, and they're together. They they literally attack each other, and then forget that that happened. And then they're in love, and then they're in love, they're in love and then they're the a tag huggers. team, and they're just like a tag team, and no hints of any animosity between the two of them. And then on commentary, Corey will just bring up, "Oh yeah, but Sasha's gonna turn on Bailey," and you're like. Oh, you're still trying to do that thing? It's it's gone. They had that great uh, series of matches in NXT, the the Iron Woman match, and the obviously the Brooklyn one. Um, and there's been talk since then of when are they going to recreate that on on the main roster? And they're not, and they shouldn't. Like the moment's gone. They need to. That was three and a half years ago. Yeah, they need to place. move on from each other. Split them off. Um, both like I'm not a Bailey fan, but I understand the appeal of her to people. Have them do separate things. Move on. You're not NXT anymore. Forget four horse women and all that. Just come on, rediscover yourselves and get that. They need gold to do the. Back. They need to do the clean breakup. Like when you go through a breakup, you know they keep they keep going back to uh, each other. Yeah, I, they need to break up. I think just split them, split them. Like end the feud. I don't care for a payoff. Just end it. Kill it. The golden huggers, <laughs> though. I love it. Way. My choice was Davies. Uh, oh. And, and uh, for all those reasons he mentioned, I think it was a feud that got so bad and so mismanaged that they decided, hey, let's not waste this match and let's just abort it right now uh, with with maybe some intention of going back to it at a future date. But I wonder, because they really have a lot of work to do before they can get to that match yeah. again. Um, and I maybe, maybe that's the best idea is to split them up on Raw and a SmackDown and just forget about that whole thing. I mean, they've been teasing this tag team championship thing, though, for a long, long time. Mm. So I imagine they'll, yeah, probably, get it. they'll probably do that. I mean, they even talked about Trish and Lita at Mania, so I wonder if that's kind of part of the intent. The, the thing is, though, I think those two are always salvageable. They always, as long as they have that kind of four horse women moniker attached to them, I feel like they could still get over. Look at Becky Lynch and, and yeah. the, the resurrection she's had. So, give, in the right hands, I think you could do something good. But 2018 was a terrible year for both of them. Worst feud number three was Finn Balor and Baron Corbin, yeah. 5.8%. Number two, Sami Zayn, Bobby Lashley. That was terrible. 14.9%. Number one, Bailey, Sasha Banks, 29.4%. Next category is worst promotion of the year. Yours was, Way? The WWE. Braden? <laughs> Braden? World Wrestling Entertainment. Davey? Mine's, uh, funnily enough, World of Sport Wrestling. Okay. Oh. Um, from the UK. It's... Uh, I saw the first episode and I just hated everything they were doing. The talent's great there. There's no question about that. But the presentation of it, the the way they shoot it, it's clearly not shot by people that know anything about wrestling. They they have weird cuts like Osprey's going to do some like cool move and you don't even see it. Uh, it looks like 90s ITV gladiators. It just looks so dated, like foam hands in the crowd and everything. And it's not what I think when I think of wrestling and trying to get it out to like a more mainstream audience I'm like just fucking show NXT it's so good like have that kind of product on a Saturday night in the UK you'd have people go oh this isn't what I remember wrestling to be this is pretty cool um it's just dated and no I, I think one of the the worst descriptions you ever hear is we've got to reach a mainstream audience because that's a fine theory but the way in which people in wrestling go about that can be 
typically can translate to garbage. And I think the world of sports show, you're on this amazing platform, but I don't think they ever understood who are we trying to get? Are we trying to get new wrestling fans that are going to local shows that are part of this this UK boom? Are we going for disenfranchised wrestling fans that remember World of Sport by name? Like, who were we after? And it just seemed we're trying to get a mixture of everybody, this bizarre Venn diagram of wrestling fans and lapsed fans. And it just it didn't connect. And the, the audience numbers dropped a lot. And I think it was just a bit of a squandered opportunity. And we'll see if the second season happens or not. I went with Lucha Underground just because it's it's fallen off of such a cliff. It may not even be back for all we know. And there was definitely a time period in season one and two when you saw something different and people were genuinely attracted to it. It was very beneficial for the likes of Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix and a number of others. I thought the booking of Matanza Cueto was a very strong character. Prince Puma, who got a great showcase. Not the biggest network in El Rey, but it had a period of time where they could have gotten out and done more touring. And there was a lot that could have been done. And now I'm naming it because uh, a year from now, we might not able, might not even be talking about Lucha Underground. So that was my worst promotion. The listener choices. Number three was Lucha Underground. Number two was Impact Wrestling. Number one, 62.3% voting for the WWE as the worst promotion of 2018. Technically, I think they got the votes for the best promotion as well, didn't they? Didn't NXT win? Yeah. That's or, the thing, I can't or, vote for WWE when you've got NXT and Mae Young and all that. And for all the creative faults you have with, with WWE, I think it's it's tough for me to... They're uh, also the, the re- richest one. Realistically, worst promotion yeah. for me is, is Impact because I chose to not watch a single second of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't say it was the worst because I didn't watch it. But but in terms of like being offended... You know, on a, on the uh, most of the one that's fair, the one that offended the most people this year. I feel like it it would also be the WWE. 100%. Worst tag team. Let's start with Way. Uh, I went back to my favorite faction of the WWE this year, and that was Titus Worldwide. Worldwide? Uh, This was actually a little bit tough for me because I feel like uh, tag teams are either not really represented all that much or they're actually good but i think for me this was uh, a team that was always a real turnoff and i think in the case of apollo cruz a waste of real great talent so i went titus worldwide this year worst tag team worldwide. davy i went for the b team um i i think Bo can be funny but i don't understand why curtis axel keeps on being given comedy roles because he is not good at them he is very not funny. <laughs> so just this this whole B-team thing, it doesn't land. All the humor doesn't land at all. They even got the tag titles, which is just nuts. Um, yeah, just, I don't get it. Yeah, I give honorable mention to Braun Strowman and Nicholas. Oh, that's that's what I was going to say. <laughs> but I go, I go with the B-team. I just thought that, A, like some of these weird campy roles can get like look at an r-truth what he's used with like the time he's been given that he is a funny character i didn't find these two to be funny they had one week where they parodied uh matt hardy and bray wyatt that i found amusing and then they drove it into the ground and it was not funny after a week and they didn't even succeed in what the the punchline was supposed to be so the b team was my choice honorable mention Goes to Nicholas and Braun Strowman because you know they were champions too, right? Yes. Yeah. You've changed your mind. Have you? No, no, I chose the B team. Oh. B team, go go go! I didn't know they were champ. We we went to a Raw live like really last minute, and they came out, and I was like, "Wait, what? Yeah, wait, really? 
this like do, I can't even think of a single move they do or anything which to to think that they tag champions this year. This is why like, shows how little impact they've had on me. Like, what if they start feuding with uh, the Lucha House Party and they need a third member? And by 2019, we're getting B team, B team, bro, bro, bro. Oh dear! No, it's gonna be B team, B team, Bray, 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 Bray Wyatt's gonna help out his brother. <laughs> Um, I just, I just like, these are two guys that, you know, hey, you, you're, you're okay wrestlers, I guess. But as soon, as soon as I see them, I'm programmed to think, don't care about you. That's yeah. a waste of my time. I'm not watching this. So I do want to add that I noticed it in the, the best of, but also the worst of as well. I think it shows you that, like, I, I think our audience, there's so much WWE product now that. Like, I think Impact is very much underrepresented in our voting. I think Ring of Honor is as well. And I think it's a case of, like, that's kind of the sense you get that there's so much WWE. And when people are watching non-WWE, it's New Japan. It's maybe some of the the stuff they hear about in the UK. But I think it's a lot of, like, your Ring of Honors and Impacts and whatnot that, you know, if they hear something, they'll go check it out. But I think more and more the audience is concentrated now in kind of new japan wwe in terms of their regular viewing because of just so much so much volume that i, I think stuff falls uh, in the cracks for like an impact that three years ago they're feature and they're they're just off the radar to a lot of people but the top three worst tag teams number three was bobby Roode and chad gable number two is the ascension and number one 35.8 percent voting for the b team Few more awards to get to. We are now going to get into the worst wrestlers of the year, which typically translates to uh, maybe most overpushed, uh, least favorite, uh, just a combination of factors that is uh, turns you off of said performer. We'll start off with worst female wrestler of the year. Let us start with Brayden. I choose possibly my least favorite wrestler in the history of wrestling. <laughs> history of wrestling. I have had a lot of least favorite wrestlers, but this one, this character, this woman is not for me in the world of my wrestling. Not for me. Nia Jax. I can. <laughs> I thought Jesse Alaban was going to get another. <laughs> oh, no. The wrath of Braden. Uh, Nia Jax is something I cannot fathom. Is it because she's related to The Rock? Is that why? Let's just be part, honest. It's part of it. It's got to sure. be, right? Like, yeah. Listen, this, her Ronda Rousey matches were very good this I year. I didn't mind those. I didn't, but I, I actually I, I can't get interested in her matches. She's not good at the, the whole WrestleMania thing. I got what they were trying to do. It's like, hey, like try to do that. And it's like, cool, but you're just not good. Um, you can certainly argue for the push she has been given. She is certainly not over at the level of the push she has right, received. Right, exactly. Like, she is arguably among the... Two or three most pushed women right. in the company over the past twelve months, and it was it was definitely again. I'm trying to remember if it was this year or the last when she almost like hurt Charlotte really badly, mm -hmm. and then now fast forward, she's the reason for this the punch to the face, and like now they're using it as a storyline. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. The heel mentioning that she broke Becky Lynch's face, but she's not even good at that. She's she's just not good. Uh, she. Does, I like wrestling for match quality and not ever have I been like, oh, like, yeah, her stuff with Rondo is, is okay. I just, it's not a character for me. I'm not interested in it. I feel like she's literally just there because she fits this role for the demographic that, you know, uh, I know a lot of wrestling fans that like her because of, you know, she, 
uh, represents something for these people and I get it it's just not maybe it's not for me and I just can't stand when she's on my TV I cannot stand Nia Jax least favorite wrestler ever did you not vote for her as game changer of the year <laughs> she <laughs> terrible no I hate Nia Jax so and and a friend of mine who hates wrestling was watching wrestling with me once and a Nia Jax That's match strange. came on and and <laughs> And my friend was like, why is this woman wearing garbage bags as her outfit, as her attire? And it, ever since that, I can't unsee it. Like, she always wears, like, these <laughs> pants. Just t- I'm telling you, it's true. Uh, so, Nia Jax, worst wrestler of the year. I hope you get a direct message. <laughs> Way. My worst wrestler, I think in a year where women's wrestling really took center stage, we still had a lot of poor quality matches. Uh, honorable mention, of course, to Carmella, who I think, again, uh, much like, you know, Jenner Mahal is in a much more suitable role for her right now. Definitely. She's doing good. Nia Jax, of course, as Braden mentioned. But my worst female wrestler of the year, and I hate to do this because I'm a fan of hers on her other TV show, Brie Bella. Um, you know, I, I feel bad because you see her struggle from, you know, wanting to, uh, get back into wrestling following having a child. I'm sure it's a very difficult, uh, thing to achieve. But that said, that's what off screen practice is for. She was nowhere near ready to come back to, uh, a main stage just such as Monday Night Raw. And for a time, she was a person who was actually on both shows. So for the amount of, uh, airtime that she was given and also for just her lack of, uh, to me, preparation for those roles, I think it has to be Brie Bella. Uh, I gave honorable mention. Uh, I don't know if this really counts, but she was used twice, not just for the one cameo. That was Tori Wilson, who was in the Royal Rumble. How dare and, you? Like, it was so glaring. Like, if you watch that Royal Rumble, like, she was never a wrestler to begin with. She didn't enjoy wrestling when she was put into matches. That's just the way she was utilized during her time in the company. And so she's brought back and just... Um, a mess in the Royal Rumble. Evolution, I actually rewatched her spot to see, oh, did I, she was just in and out. It was really nothing at Evolution. That was my honorable mention. Um, Carmella, I think that you can, you can certainly see the gap now. And I think this is only going to widen in 2019, that there are the top level performers that that is going to be carrying the division. And there's a role for the people like Carmella, for even I, a I Zelina can't. Vega, Alana, but, as wrestlers, I think that they are best utilized elsewhere. I ultimately went with Lana because I think that they have... This is not just wrestling-wise. And I do believe she's gotten better than where she was a year or two ago. But that said, her character as well has been taken away from her. She is now the background for Rusev, who cuts his own promos. She should not be a full-time wrestler. That is not her asset. And now they're not even having her speak, which makes you wonder, like, what is the specific function Lana is there to do on a weekly basis? Um, so that was my choice. But I think that you have to be asking yourself, like, there are top-level women that are in your system, that are coming in, that if you are a below-average wrestler, your role doesn't have to be in the ring. It's It's not... The way it was, like it's quickly evolving. Pardon the pun, Davy. Uh, mine is Tamina. I don't get why she's still there. She's been in the. She must be in the company for ten years now. You know why? She's related. She's related to the Rock. Well, I mean, does she have something on Vince on the Jimmy Snooker stuff? <laughs> like, because Jesus, like she's not good. She's not good at all. She can't even do her splash. Her finishes a splash, and she lands on her knees like every time. She just. 
she sucks. You actually, she uh, has zero charisma. This, this man is my roommate, and I'll tell you, anytime Tamina has shown up in the wrestling we have watched in our household, oh. he gets heated. You must really hate those Tamina <laughs> stuff. Oh, right, and they're Nia Jackson's their tag team partner. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if she had like, I mean, there's a reason why she never talks. It's because she can't really. Uh, to my knowledge, really ever cut uh, a, a good promo? Unfortunately, <clears throat> I think in ring she's just passable, but like it's she really hasn't done all that much. She's okay. yeah, she's just so boring, like zero charisma, and uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm only looking at the results now. Number four, Tamina. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck number that. three, Lana. Oh. Number two, Brie Bella. And number one with 36%, Nia Jax. Yeah. Awesome. That's kind of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> we rattled off the top four right there. <laughs> uh, and they have not seen the results either. Um, getting down to the last few here. Worst male wrestler. I'll start this one off. I give uh, honorable mention to The Undertaker because I thought he just... The yeah. programs he was involved with were just... You also have to judge at the level. He is He is coming in as a main event level performer. And he's anything but in 2018. Um, I went with Baron Corbin and it's more so that I think he has just turned into like turn away heat for a lot of people. He's way over, over relied upon on raw. That has been a major tune out factor for people. And I, I don't even hate the character as much as most people do. It's just, there's way too much of it that he's just, I, I think that there's very few people you could put out there for the number of segments and, like he's being utilized like he's Dwayne Johnson in the year 2000 and it's Baron Corbin and it's 2018 and he's on my worst of list as worst male wrestler. Way. I agree with you. Uh to me I think, you know, if we're strictly look, looking at in ring maybe there 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 would be, you know, more uh runaway choices. No, like he's Corbin. terrible. He's bad, but I don't <laughs> think he's the worst. Man. No. Like you know, this award, like, it's 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 encompassing kind it's of. It's not like, just in ring. Yes, you know, it's exactly. Like as much a like best wrestler right. of the year is yep. not just in ring work. Yes, right. all the factors together. As a character, how much airtime he's given, uh, but you know, as an in ring performer, as a promo, I think he's very he 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 goes from mediocre to incredibly aggravating when you amplify his performances. Uh, that. That chin lock with the half Nelson, I think, will be permanently etched in my mind. And uh, the waiting, yeah, it's 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 a special. Uh, so, uh, Baron Corbin for me, Braden. So I, I said, Nia Jax is probably my least favorite wrestler of all time. My second least favorite wrestler of all time is Baron Corbin. <laughs> Did you just start watching wrestling in 2018? Um, <laughs> no, I used to. I used to watch him in NXT, and I used to do a show where I would talk about how much I fucking hate him on NXT and <laughs> right, how I okay. think he should never be on the main roster. And then he got called up, and he got put on the main roster. And I knew he was going to be awful. It was last year, I believe, he had a match with John Cena. And if you watch that match back, you can tell John Cena is having a field day or something. Because John Cena was like, this is fucked. This guy sucks. This guy hates... No one here even wants to boo you. They don't give a fuck about you. You can read that from John Cena's body language in that match. And now, fast forward, he's got his vest. He's a constable. What the fuck is a constable? What does that even mean? Like, what is a what's the what definition? Yeah, are you are you you're, cop, right? yeah it's like what? Yeah. So why are you wearing the vest? Like, yeah, you shaved your head and you look a little better, but you still don't look like what he won uh, uh, an award for most metal athlete. What the fuck does that mean? No, just because you have tattoos and you like metal music and you you're not actually a wrestler. You're not. You know how to do the the cool. Uh, end of days thing because someone in the PC was like, "This is your move." And it's at no- the Brady. <laughs> <laughs> also, like he 
he brings nothing. I've never watched something ever where he's done and been like, that was good. So he's going to disappear from wrestling. He's going to be like the Brad Maddoxes. He's just going to be gone. And you'll be like, hey, remember that guy? Yeah, cool. He had the wolf t-shirt. <laughs> Man, the pile on Ouch. here. Um, is the broom out for the clean sweep, Davey? No, I changed my mind. Whoa. Miss sympathy. Um, mid-show? Mid, no, mid-show. Oh, mid-show. I thought you said big-show. Um, no, The Undertaker oh. is my worst wrestler of the year. Yeah. Um, it's especially sad watching that documentary on the Raw 25. I'm pretty sure it was that one. Yep. Or may- maybe it was WrestleMania. He's on there. Where he's saying, um, he's saying, oh, I don't want to look washed up. Mm-hmm. I want to know when to call it and ride off into the sunset. And, and no, I think he was talking about the, the Roman Reigns match the yes. year before. And that's exactly what he looks washed up. He's he's botching in matches. Um, like, he, he, he took can't. all that money to do Crown Ooh. Jewel, which, like, he shouldn't have done. The way to utilize Undertaker is that you have the heel of the month that is running this guy down. And the cameos at WrestleMania, Undertaker comes out tombstone everyone goes nuts they get their appearance and they're happy and you can do that for as long as you want with the undertaker it doesn't have to be a match it just has to be he shows up and it's it's our one big appearance of the year yep Mm. that's all it needs to be all right so final two here and these are both new oh the listener picks of course let us not forget worst male wrestler of the year number three shane mcmahon 5.6 percent he's the best in the world number two jinder mahal and number one, Baron Corbin, oh. 43.5%. Now we go to my worst take of 2018. An opinion you had that drastically changed over the year or that you were proven wrong uh, through whatever means. Uh, I will start this one off because I go back to the October 22nd episode of Raw. And that was the night that Roman Reigns announced he had leukemia and they did the Dean Ambrose heel turn. And I came on the show that night saying that I thought that turn was done so well because it was everyone, everyone knew what, how heavy the moment was that night. And they didn't hit you over the head with it, but they did the turn when you least expected it. And it doesn't even have to be referenced. You just knew this guy turned on his best friend under the shittiest of circumstances. And by the next week, I felt like such an idiot coming on the show after when leukemia is being worked into the storyline. And I was completely wrong thinking that they would just do this turn. And, you know, the idea would be that, you know, Roman's got this awful tragedy, but it's his best friend who's now going to turn and they can at least go in this direction and away from all this. And instead they just ran towards the leukemia stuff. And it was so tasteless. Davey. Um, I just wrote WWE are full of shit for my <laughs> worst take. Like for all the for all the charity stuff they do and how they've been bigging up their women's division and how they're prominent now and it's changed from the divas, you pissed all that away with Saudi Arabia. That's I don't need to say anymore, I don't think. Brayden. Um it's so it's it's kind of like you said you you thought something was going to go really well and then it didn't is essentially so I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my worst match of the year I I thought Nakamura AJ was going to be something that was going to be so good and then I ended up really hating it and then Nakamura's keeps like what AJ just wear a cup like that, what are you doing <laughs> yeah. so I I just it really I don't know 
I had it's strange because as a wrestling fan, you're like looking forward to something, and then when it doesn't deliver, it's like really takes the taste out of your mouth. And that was something I was like, ah, oh, that could have that could have been the best, and it really just was so flat for me that it they hurt me in my heart. Way, what was your worst take of the year? Yeah, for me, uh, this was kind of like an, uh, uh, one I had to really think about because uh, I'm never wrong, everybody. <laughs> no, um, I think for my worst take, um, I have to think back because when we originally did our Crown Jewel, or sorry, Greatest Royal Rumble show, I didn't really know all all that I know now about what what's going on in Saudi Arabia, all the stuff about the conflict in Yemen, everything that MBS, I think, has been trying to sell um, – and I was largely kind of negligent to a lot of it. And I just thought, you know what, this is probably not a good look, but it's probably no worse than, you know, um, any other type of propaganda that the WWE does. I was wrong. I was certainly wrong. I think it's a lot worse than a lot of uh, tribute to the troops and a lot of things like that. So to me, uh, especially when Crown Jewel came along, I, I in some ways I'm, I'm kind of grateful that I, I'm a lot more aware now of what's going on thanks to the WWE's mistakes. So that w- I would say would be my worst take. And then the last one is, I never want to watch wrestling again. A moment this year that gave you that feeling of, why do I even want to follow this? And I'm sure uh, you can have many different examples uh, from the past year. I'll start this one off because I remember it very clearly. And it was after the October 29th edition of Raw. This is the final sh- the final Raw before Crown Jewel. That is called the Global Pay-Per-View. It was one week after Roman Reigns' leukemia announcement. So Rollins has just used it in a promo. And the heel turn was set up. They they aired this video of these children wishing Roman Reigns well. And they used the video to then pivot to what Dean Ambrose did. And it just rubbed me the wrong way. And then we had a closing promo with Taker and Kane. It was all heavily about death and when the reaper says it's your time to go it won't be swift it will be slow agonizing pain as they set up their pay-per-view match in saudi arabia and i remember after rewind to raw me and way are just talking and i just remember telling him that dude this is so gross and i don't even want to follow this stuff right now and i was just so turned off that specific night. So I guess I can just say the lead up to Crown Jewel and all the emotions, uh, I guess, that people had regarding that show uh, was my I never want to watch wrestling again moment of 2018. Braden? I was just going to say, I, I saw a guy piss himself and I was done. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever uh, turns you off. Uh, no, I feel like uh, many people. As long as well as a lot of our listeners who post feedback and tweet us and all this stuff, they were like, I'm quitting my subscription because of Saudi Arabia. I'm doing I'm canceling it. I'm canceling my WWE network. I don't want to do this anymore. And like literally so many people on Twitter like screenshot them canceling it and doing this. So, yeah, actually, this is something that stopped people from paying their money to WWE. This literally was because of this. And I, I agree. And I say uh, the the whole, the whole I would say it's turned people off from wrestling in general. Of and course, like, even like podcasts like us feel the brunt of that. You know uh, what I mean? It's like John, John Oliver is is making fun of it, and then of course John Oliver throws in his digs at wrestling, obviously on top of that. And it's just like it makes makes you like when someone says, "Oh, you watched wrestling? Like you watch that shit?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, you mean the people who are doing these disgusting things now with in, in Saudi Arabia? Like this is not cool." And that is the number one reason people stopped watching wrestling this year and I agree with them. Davey. 
Uh, I went for a moment in the main event of Crown Jewel. It's Shawn Michaels going for a moonsault <laughs> yeah. and neither Kane or Undertaker catching him. He just lands on um, his head. He just lands on his head. And it, it ties into my worst wrestler of the year thing. Just it made me really sad. Think Undertaker is this guy who is one of the best of all time, um, respected and... If that if that was someone else, if that was a mid-cardo, if that was like Rusev doesn't catch Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels lands on his head, a guy who's been retired for eight years coming back, Rusev would be in shit for that. Neither Kane or Undertaker catch him. He, the, he's trusting them. It just made me sad. I'm like, he's done. Undertaker's done. I think Shawn summed it up in the corner with Hunter after the match. We're too old for this. Yeah. As Hunter's st- staring another surgery in the face after that match, and Sean is reeling from, yeah, that match and that fall. He w- he went and uh, wiped the tears with that Saudi money though, so he's fine. Way, I too went for a, for a moment from uh, Crown Jewel, but it was at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was already I was already kind of like feeling shitty about about this show to begin with, but to turn my my computer on, log into the WWE network and see the face of the one person that I felt the WWE would have I thought the show couldn't get worse and then I see that yellow mustache and that bandana. <laughs> everything must go. Going out of oh, business. God, <laughs> like I think it tells you everything you need to know. The fact that like they didn't promote him at all, and there was zero mention of him at all after the fact. Um, it's something clearly they didn't want to do. They knew that they were going to get backlash over, and yet they decided to anyway because somebody was paying them a lot of money to get somebody like Hulk Hogan on the show disgusting clearly done for nothing but profiteering and uh uh maybe really depressed <laughs> so that was year one of their 10-year deal with saudi arabia so year two let's see what is in store those are all of our worst of picks and we're going to end it off with a game we like to play called were there audience picks for that one? um for the oh sorry for the worst moment yes uh the top three were wwe raw being generally poor Number two, the Drake Maverick urine angle, which really struck a chord with 19% of the votes. Number one, 26.3% WWE Saudi Arabia deal and crown jewel that came with it. And anything in particular for the worst takes? For the worst takes, we're going to post them up because there were just so many. They were all individuals, but we're going to post that up along with the results of all the listener picks. So for likely unlikely, we've all come up with a few scenarios, but just quickly looking back at last year... um, Way, you did really, really well. Really? So, okay, let's hear it. Uh, here are some highlights. I won't go through all of them, but uh, both Way and I said it was likely Aleister Black would win the NXT title. Um, both of us said it was unlikely there would be one XFL game that would take place. Both of us said unlikely the WWE leaves the USA Network. Uh, Way was correct in saying it was unlikely Chris Jericho would be in the G1 Climax. Both of us were incorrect thinking Bobby Lashley would face Brock Lesnar on a WWE pay-per-view. Mm. But we were correct in saying Ronda Rousey would have a match with Stephanie McMahon. Now, we also had some clever ones for Way. Okay. Such as, the Bray Wyatt character is abandoned. I said unlikely. Way said, unlikely, but I hope for some kind of a break at least. <laughs> Which, wow. okay. I gave you I gave okay. you that one. Sure. Uh, I thought Don Callis and Scott Demore, one of them would leave. I was wrong. Way, you thought they'd made it, make it the year, and they did. Um, Jeff Jarrett appears appears on WWE programming. Oh. <laughs> I said unlikely. Way said 
Unlikely, but maybe the Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brock Lesnar is a WWE performer on December 31st. I said unlikely, so I was wrong. Way likely. I mean, who would he fight? Daniel Cormier? <laughs> wow, um, that's crazy. Uh, Conor McGregor vacates the lightweight title. You and I were both right with that one. Um, GSP fights at welterweight. We both said unlikely. He did not fight this year. Uh, Daniel Cormier retires as light heavyweight champion. We both said unlikely, and he didn't. Both of us said likely to Francis Ngannou being heavyweight champion at the end of 2018. Did not go that way. And UFC leaving Fox, we said was likely. That happened. UFC leaves TSN in Canada. Way said unlikely. I mean, maybe the Fight Network could, but I don't even know if they could get the package, even for the prelims. And the Fight Network lost the UFC package this year. <laughs> oh, and way you fucking nailed that one. Wow. Um, we all could have called that one. And then, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, who... CM Punk has a UFC fight. We both said likely, and he did. Um, I'll post all of these on the site. But out of twenty five, I've got I got twelve out of twenty five. Way got twenty one out of twenty five. Ah, correct. Shit, so, like dude. he was really on fire with unli- yeah, uh, likely t- unlikely last year. Buy a lottery ticket. So. Uh, I'll go first with my scenarios, and then you guys have a couple as well. We'll just quickly go through these. Um, just starting with Braden, and then we'll go way Davey. Hulk Hogan is a weekly character on WWE programming by the end of next year. Unlikely. Way. Unlikely. Unlikely. I'll say unlikely as well. Brock Lesnar fights either John Jones or Daniel Cormier this year. Likely. Way. John Jones or Daniel Cormier. Or. I think likely. Likely. I'll say likely as well. SmackDown. Does 4 million viewers for their debut on Fox. Unlikely. They just did 2.2 million this past uh, week, for comparison's sake, before Christmas. I also kind of need to know, like, what what's your typical... Uh, what what does uh, a Fox show do on a Friday night, typically? I believe they're doing around that now. Okay, or, then likely. <laughs> I'll say likely. I'll go unlikely. I'm going unlikely as well. Chris Jericho wrestles once with the WWE. I'm going to say likely because I want him to, so likely. I'm saying unlikely. I'm saying likely. I can see him at one of these, like, Australia shows or Show up in the whatever Rumble. they're doing like that. I'll go unlikely. And my last one, All Elite Wrestling has a weekly primetime television show on a major cable outlet. Not a streaming service, not a weak cable network, uh, strong cable presence weekly. Damn. Braden. I'm going to say likely because, damn boys, I want you to. I'm going to say likely as well. I'm going to say unlikely. I'd love them too, but I think that's like a really hard thing to get these days. So yeah, are we, are, what are we saying? Like pursuit channel level or? Uh, I like said WGN. major cable outlet. Meaning Fox or sorry, like WGN like, like, or? Like a cable, like TNT. let's say more than 60 million homes okay. it's in. I'm going to say likely. Like pop TV, I would consider that's 68 million homes. It's not huge. Um, I'm saying unlikely. I'm just kind of um, pessimistic when it comes to pro wrestling on television that is non WWE, but. These, this would be the company to prove me wrong on that. Braden, do you have any? Um, Johnny Gargano becomes NXT champion by the end of the year. Damn, that was one more. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's Wait. an interesting one. I mean, like at this point, I'm wondering how long both him and, 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 and Ciampa are going to stay in NXT. Right. And uh, at this point, I ho- kind of hope it's forever. So, of course. I'm going to say likely. I'm going to say likely. I think it's part of the story that needs to happen likely uh you want to do one? yeah i got one cm punk returns to wrestling unlikely 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 way unlikely oh 
And Davey. Um, I've got three here. Uh, Lars Sullivan will win a world title. In WWE or Universal. In a year. In In this year. How big a push is he going to get? Oh, my God. Uh, Unlikely. As as much as I love five-star Lars, it's my boy. Unlikely. That's an interesting one. World title. In a year. I mean, look at Braun Strowman. It's taken him this long. Yeah. He hasn't won one yet. Exactly. So. Nope. But, I mean, if he's on SmackDown, it could be a very different story. So, watch. You're going to go back to all these caveats and maybe like, <laughs> wow, you nailed it, Way. Well, uh, you've kind of now <laughs> cornered this market. I'm going to say likely. Why not? Five-star lives. I'm going likely as well. well yeah, I'm going likely. <laughs> I'm the I'm the biggest <laughs> Lars Mark, and I'm the guy saying unlikely? Um, Adam Cole against a top guy at WrestleMania. This year's WrestleMania? This year's WrestleMania. Unlikely. At WrestleMania this year. At WrestleMania. Unlikely. I'm going unlikely as well. I'm going unlikely. I think they'll debut the next day. Ah, yes. And will we get the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen this year? Hmm. Brayden. Unlikely this year. Oh, man. That's a tough one, too. Because I think, like, the timing is perfect for it in terms of, like, characters and whatnot. But it's, like... Marina and, and Jessamine just aren't ready in mm. ring yet. Uh, and where would they do it? I guess I could see like Evolution 2, you know, being like a good target hmm. date for it. Um, so That's a big hook for Evolution. I'll say likely. Yeah, you could do it at Evolution because you can keep them in NXT because it's all three brands. Like for By like, then, hopefully, they'll have enough yeah. time. Yeah, um, I was going to say Survivor Series, likely. I'll say unlikely. I have another one. Okay, yeah. last will, one. Will Matt Riddle debut on the main roster in 2019? Way. Unlikely. Unlikely. Likely. Bro. Likely. He's on the Madison Square Garden house show next week. Actually, it was two nights ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw the results. Uh, so it's already looking likely. Uh, with the B team. Bro, bro, bro. Oh, stop. All right, that's going to bring an end to the worst of 2018 show. Thanks to everybody for voting and participating. We will get all the results up on the website. And a big thank you to you guys for joining the panel. Thank you. You guys can uh, catch Up Next every Thursday up at postwrestling.com. You can subscribe to Up Next uh, with its own feed. Way and I are going to be back. It is Friday at the moment. We will be back. Are you doing a UFC post show tomorrow? Yes, I will be back. this weekend with Phil doing yeah. a review of John Jones, Alex Gustafson, Alexander Gustafson at UFC 232. Yeah. Uh, also on that same day, we have the 2016 edition of Eggshells. And this leads all the way up to our Wrestle Kingdom week starting on Monday when we will release two, three episodes of Eggshells from 2016 all the way to 2018 as well as a Wrestle Kingdom 13 primer. Finally concluding on Friday with our review of Wrestle Kingdom 13 uh, exclusively on the Patreon. Everything yes. else is free, though. Uh, speaking of the Patreon, though, on uh, Sunday, it's a special uh, Sunday release of Rewind Away this week because we're doing this on Friday. So Sunday, we are going to be reviewing ECW One Night Stand 2005, a, sh- a show that uh, many people consider perhaps the best show Ever. Whoa. No Baron Corbin's or Nia Jax is on this one. No. Uh, but in the audience was Lars Sullivan. Was he? Oh, right? damn, really? oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Exactly Lars. Show. Um, final note. I know a lot of people were asking about uh, MMA year in review. The week of January 7th, I'm going to be doing a year in review picks show. And the panel will feature myself, Jordan Breen, Mike Bond from MMA Junkie, and 
the first time I have done anything with this individual in over a year, Cody Safdick from the Fight Network will be joining us. That will be the four-person panel. That same week, I will also be doing the prediction show with Ariel Hawani of ESPN. So we will have all the mixed martial arts covered as well. We will not forget about MMA. Yeah. I also wanted to say you guys uh, have just released your up next best of Yes, yes, yes. We're doing uh, NXT. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, yeah. We're doing a... uh, We we decided we joined you guys. You were happy enough enough to bring us on and be nice to us. So we're doing our own best of NXT. I don't think we're going to do worst, are we? Because there's not a lot of bad things. Do we want to do best and worst? Yeah. What do you mean? You already did the show. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yes, we did best and worst. No, no, we're getting... This show is going to be the first week of January. Oh, sorry. We're we're releasing our Christmas Vacation and the Snowman review. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Uh, No, that was already a long time ago. What day are we That was a long time ago. Go go listen to Up Next, all of our movie reviews in the new year as well. Yeah. And just just follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TheBrayDee. At Davey Portman. Follow us, listen to us talk about NXT, because you didn't hear us talk about NXT on the worst of show, because NXT was the best show this year. So listen to us talk about it every week, because it's only going to get better. That wraps up the worst of 2018 show. Happy New Year to everybody. 2019 is a brand new year for lots of great things to happen. And don't you worry, there will be plenty of garbage as well. And we'll do this all again next year. Ahoy! Bye!